What's up, my brothers? What's, What's up, up fam? Look at this beautiful, beautiful, beautiful spreadsheet. spreadsheet. Yes, sir. Are we doing the full ECF? Yeah. I'm in Eastern Conference. Okay. Yeah. We were going to go division by division, but five minutes into like a monologue about Isak Bonga when me and Kanye <laughs> were to the Southeast the other day, I realized that that was going to be pretty dry. So I thought we might make it a little bit more engaging. Yeah. Just do yeah talking about the magic for like 20 minutes is like, okay. Yeah. So we don't have to go into as much detail about each team. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Okay. But... but yeah, this is going to be sweet, dude. I'm excited. Okay. How's the format going to work? Are we just kind of going to, you're going to talk about the team for a little bit and then. Yeah. So realistically, I think we should spend like no more than two or three minutes a piece on each team. And we can just kind of, we can either go alphabetically down the sheet or we can hit the teams in whatever order we want. But just basically when we get to the team, like we have like the Vegas over under win projections right here. And so we're basically going to say like, do we think it's going to be over? Do we think it's going to be under? How much do we think it'll be over or under by? And why are we diverging from the um, standard that Vegas laid out for that team? And that so hoodie is clean, Jonah. The Trav style Nike swoosh in the middle. Uh, the Blazers, Blazer logo. Bro, where did you get that? There's a thrift shop in Eugene. Bro, that is heat. Thank yeah, you. he has a bunch of cool Blazer sweatshirts. Dude, that hoodie is a banger, bro. Hang on, I'm trying to pin you to my screen so I can see. Wait, you it. scored that at a thrift shop? Yeah, it's called it was called uh Elephant. Oh no, not Elephant, Buffalo Exchange. And it's Oh yeah, like, I've heard of that. Yeah, it's in it's like right off the UO campus, but it's bro. Pretty... Dude, that is like is that embroidered? Don't tell me it's embroidered. No, it is. Don't tell me it's em- say it's not. Nah. I I'm pretty sure back when this hoodie got invented screen printing wasn't a thing yet so damn bro you're flexing dude that is so far that's like the sickest yeah, one it's pretty sick all right so i before we just dive into the damn team, dude i need one before we dive into the teams <laughs> i was kind of curious how you guys went about this exercise like sort of formulating um your win totals for each of the teams not a lot of thought went into mine i'm just gonna go along for the ride you know yeah same here yeah because i okay. I don't feel qualified to talk about the NBA besides... I'm just a natural NBA genius fortune teller, so I feel confident in my ability (laughs) to precisely predict every team's win total. All right, Shannon. Well, on that note, why don't you lead us off with the Atlanta Hawks? You have made a lot of big changes this offseason. Wait, dude, I'm not going to have my percentages. Wait, there's a calculator right here. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I'll turn this thing on. Okay, well, let's see. That's it. They're projected to go 34 and 38. Okay. Okay, 34 and 38. Um, damn, bro. Look, he's sleeping on him. I'm going to go 36-36. Yeah. You're, you're going to go straight up 5 hundo? I think they can win 36 in the East. Okay. Yeah, I mean, they have, uh, they've got Gallo and Bogdan, right? They have a nice starting five, dude. They have a nice start. Am I right on that? Or no, you got, yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's good. That's good. Okay. Um, dude, what's, what's happening? What if they win 40, dude? Whoa, baby. Um, (laughs) is it, is it possible? I think I'm low key reaching honestly, but I'm going to go. Can I, I, 
Am I allowed to say mine? Yeah, absolutely. Can I say 3042? Whoa. <laughs> hey. Dude, okay, is that really that much of a stretch? They're literally projected to win 34 games, dude. I mean, what happens if they drop four? Like, it's not that crazy. No, it's not bad. Just like, <laughs> damn, bro. Like, I feel like, I think they could win 41 or 36. Yeah, what I where I had them at was 35 wins. And yeah. the Hawks, I'm very excited to see their offense because I think they'll have a top 10 offense in the NBA. I've talked about it on the show before, just how handicapped they were by the lack of shooting around Trey Young, just because A, having um, shooters like DeAndre Hunter and Cam Reddish and Vince Carter and DeAndre Bimbry, who were their four main wing players last year, they just don't hit a high percentage of three-pointers. Like I think the leader in that group was Cam Reddish and he was a he was still a below average. I would I would guess he was around 34, 35%. So that's just was a huge handicap to their offense. And it allowed teams to help off Trey Young or help off the wing players and kind of clog the lane for Trey Young, made finishing around the basket a lot more difficult. And in addition to that, the Atlanta Hawks, their center position was probably one of the worst in the NBA last year. Like they had a rotation of guys like Alex Lynn, Dwayne Dedman, Damian Jones, Bruno Fernando all played a lot of minutes. That's going to be much better this year with the addition of Capella, especially. Oh, yeah. I think Onyeka Okungwu, at least offensively, will be able to provide a positive impact at first. So I think this offense is going to be much improved. Where I still, um, they were one of the worst defenses in the NBA last year. They were a bottom five defense. Um, I think the addition of Capella will be able to shore up a lot of those struggles just because having that baseline of rim protection for when people inevitably beat Trey Young and um, Bogdan Bogdanovich less. So I actually think he's a solid defender, but it's just going to be nice to have sort of that guy to clean stuff up at the basket, which they obviously yeah um, yesterday. So that'll be big. Chris Dunn is, they brought him on on a two year, $10 million deal with a second year player option. I think he's automatically the best perimeter defender on this team. I don't know how he fits in offensively. I don't know how much time he'll spend on the floor, but in theory, if they're ever really struggling with some individual guy, he'll be a big help. So I think this team will improve a lot. Where I kind of struggle is just like, I, cause I'm high on this team. Like Shannon is like, I like this Hawks team quite a bit, but I just have such a struggle getting from, I think they had like the fourth, third or fourth worst record in the NBA all the way up to a 500 team. Like that's a big leap to make. And I think they're, definitely capable of that like i think trey young is for sure going to be like the top five leading score i think he'll be in the mvp conversation but just going from one of the worst teams in the nba to a 500 team is a stretch i think they'll come pretty close i think they'll win um 35 games but um yeah i think this will be a very dangerous team especially on offense i think they'll give teams a lot of trouble i think they'll compete for the eighth seed in the east for sure this year yeah so like i'm concerned with me giving my predictions so like are all these does like the math for like vegas and stuff is it does it check out you know what i'm trying to say like, that's what i'm wondering because if i'm saying i can't i can't say for i can't predict i'm gonna give out too many wins 
I yeah, I can't predict 30-42 for every team because that wouldn't make yeah. any sense. No, yeah, I got you. Yeah, at the end, wins have to equal losses. I wouldn't worry about it too much. I mean, I don't. Then I'm not going to know what, how to do it. No, this is this is very low stakes. It doesn't matter. Yeah. If the math is a little bit off at the end of it. Yeah, I'm going to be capping all over the place. Mine, yeah, mine's not going to make any sense. Probably, I'm just going to go individually and just think about it. Like, what could this team possibly do? Yeah, no, that's a good that's way what I'm to go gonna. about it. Okay, Celtics, baby. Mm, 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 mm. I'm putting them at uh, 45 wins. 45. Let's go. Dang, son. That's freaking sweet. Dude, this whole thing is really cool, dude. How long did it take you to make this, Jonah? Oh, just this spreadsheet, like half an hour. Oh, nice. Freaking sick, dude. I'm going to go. Dude, I like this team. What is, what's their projected? Vegas has got them at 46. Yeah. 26. General, could they could they win 50 games, bro? Oh, that's that's a lot. <laughs> a lot of wins. I'm going to go. I, I think I'm going to have to go with Shannon on this one. 45, 46 range sounds kind of nice for them. I mean, I'm probably going to have to agree with Vegas on this one. I don't think Gordon Hayward's a huge loss, but I do no. think it will matter. And um, I don't know about Tristan Thompson. He went to the Celtics, right? Yep. I'm just not super sold on that. I'm, I don't think they're ready to go over the hump. Last year, watching them in the playoffs, I kind of felt like we might see them in the finals the year after. But I don't feel like they're at the top of the East. Yeah, and where I really am concerned about this team is just from a depth perspective. Like right. Gordon Hayward, just like they were a pretty – like shallow team to begin with. Like Simi Ojale is a guy who got a lot of minutes last year who I'm not such a big fan of. I mean, Grant Williams, I like him, but you imagine he's going to have to step into a big role. Aaron Neesmith right off the bat is already their backup shooting guard. Like, I just feel like this Celtics team is counting on a lot of guys who are either like washed up like Jeff Teague or <laughs> unproven like Aaron Neesmith or Peyton Pritchard or Grant Williams or Simi Ojale. Yeah. And then the center rotation, like Tristan Thompson, Daniel Tice, Taco Fall. Um, who am I forgetting? Did I say Robert Williams? Just, I don't know. I'm not in a season where COVID is probably going to affect quite a bit, and we're going to see guys missing games, and there are going to be a lot of back to backs. I just, I still like the Celtics in the playoffs quite a bit. I just don't know how the depth holds up throughout the season, especially with yeah. Kimba coming off of a. Um, off of a knee injury that he suffered in the bubble. Um, it just, like, as long as they have, like, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown and Kimba all on the same team, like, I mean, they're going to be solid. And I think the offense will still be really good for sure, just due to the spacing and having Tatum to isolate and Kimba to run pick and rolls. But I do think depth is going to be an issue. I yeah. thought him winning 44 games. Yeah, honestly, in the regular season, I almost I, I could see them slipping to the fourth seed. Yeah, I think that's where I ended up having them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah dude. You gave you gave me them winning 44? Yeah. Okay. I mean, I I'm down. I don't care. The only time I the only team I care about is that um blue and gold. Down oh, I think I, I think he meant to put his 44. Cuz but because you said yours first, but his name was above yours. Because Jonah said 44. 
Yeah, he just put mine in. He put your yours. You put oh, yours. Oh wait, I put. Did I put mine in for yours? Sorry. What, how many wins did they tell him? He said. I said the forty-six. Yeah, yeah. Oh, 46. Oh, I'm going with Vagas on this one. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Guess how many teams the Warriors are gonna win? One less than what they did in like what was it, sixteen, seventeen? Come on, man. <laughs> okay. All right. Brooklyn Nets, though. This is a team I know. Too. 85 games. They're not they got them at 45. Hell no. Is that lower than the, what they had the Celtics at? What the? Okay. No, 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 no. I got these boys coming out here winning 40. Mm. 49. 49. There you go. Dang. You think they're going to be the best team in basketball, Shannon? Nah. No? I mean, that's a pretty good record, dude, through the regular season. You don't think that's going to be the best record in basketball next season? No. Who's going to score more? Who's going to win more than 50 games? Um, your Portland Trailblazers. Stop it. Jonah, what are you going to say, dude? I think the Bucks might win 50. Jonah, what are we saying, man? Yeah, so the Nets, I agree with Chan, and I like the Nets quite a bit. And this is what I'm going to say right now. It's just a very much oversimplified way of looking at a basketball team. But just think about, like, all the individual scores they have on their team. Like, you in the past, if Kevin Durant has had a good night, like, your team's finished. If Kyrie Irving is having a really good night, your team's finished. If Karis LeVert is having a really good game, like we saw that in the bubble with the Blazers, like he's a tough guy to stop as well. Um, yeah, we got and lucky. And that's if they don't end up trading for James Harden, which I really do think things are headed in that direction. But I just think this team has so many individual scores and so many offensive playmakers that they just get like so many bites at the apple. Like yeah. they just need one of their stable of like all world scores to have a good game. And automatically you're going to have a good offensive night. I think the Nets are probably going to have the second best offense in the NBA behind the Mavericks. Top top five offense for sure. Um, Yeah, and like teams don't really play defense like that in the regular season. So like I think the offense will be enough to carry them to a super solid record. Absolutely. And what I actually like about this team too is depth and in particular defense coming off the bench. When you look at some of the – like, if we're just looking at their starters, it's Kyrie Irving, Karis LeVert, Joe Harris, Kevin Durant, DeAndre Jordan. That means coming off the bench, like, A, you've got Spencer Dinwiddie. He's a great scorer in his own right. But they traded for Bruce Brown. He's a really solid perimeter defender, probably the best on the team. Timothy Luau Cabrera does a great job defending wings. Jared Allen, an awesome run protector. Jeff Green, we saw what he could do in Houston. He had a great run um, up up to the playoffs and even a few games in the playoffs. Like this team has tremendous depth. I'm sure some of that's going to go away if they do end up trading for Harden. But I mean, if they get Harden, it's a moot point because they have three of the like top 10 players in the NBA. Well, not top 10, but honestly, maybe like the top three scores in the NBA. At that yeah. Point. If they get Harden, like this is just um, ridiculous. But yeah. I really like this team as it stands right now. Actually, I'm talking myself into this team. I was. I was going to pick 47 wins from, and I still like 47 wins, but boy, is this team going to be fun and they're going to be dangerous too. Yeah. 
I've sure. just re- I just realized that we're doing a um, the East, so I don't even get to talk about the Warriors, dude. No, that'll be next week. <sighs> oh shoot, I'm gonna be out of town on Thursday next week. Is there an earlier day in the week we can do it? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Okay, we can even do it over the weekend or something. Okay, yeah, because I just yeah yeah just let us know what time. Okay, I'm gonna go fifty two. Oh, baby. 52. I like it. Dude, if everybody everybody stays healthy, why not? Well, I mean, even if they're healthy, I bet they're going to load manage quite a bit. But, I mean, like we were talking about, like a lot of deaths. So, I don't think think that's insane. Especially if they get hardened. Stop. Is the whole whole hardened warriors thing, is that that basically done? Yeah, I mean, apparently, though... Apparently the Warriors talked about a healthy Clay Thompson with the Rockets and the Rockets shot that down. So I can't imagine them. I I think the Rockets Makes are sense. looking to get like a young player to sort of rebuild around. Clay, as good as he is, isn't really young, so I don't think he would help right. the Rockets out. Yeah, I don't I don't I I don't like that for the Rockets. Yeah. Yeah, that wouldn't make too much sense. Um all right. So we got Okay, Charlotte Hornets, I'm giving I'm giving him 25. 25. Wow. I'm actually kind of a little bit of a pro on the Southeast Conference because me and Jonah talked about these guys. I know some of the players on the teams. Well, then do you want to follow him up, Colin? Yeah, dude. Gordon Hayward has MVP caliber season. Oh, hello. <laughs> I say that they win 30 games. Okay, that's okay. Gordon Hayward is washed up. His best years are behind him. He got overpaid. He's going to be chillax and maxing out cool. LaMelo Ball has a high ceiling, but I don't think he's enough to mess that team together. And, yeah. Okay. Yeah, me and Callum talked about this the other day. As much as I like LaMelo Ball, I think there will be some very real growing pains for him in the NBA, especially a guy who goes off of feel as much as LaMelo Ball does. Like, you listen to the interviews Mm -hmm. with him, and he's he's not really as good as some of his passes are. He's not really able to break down, like, the defense or break down why the pass was there. He just kind of sees things and reacts to them. And it's an NBA caliber defense against NBA athletes with like much longer wingspans, much quicker reaction, like just going strictly off of instinct without a super deep understanding of your offense or your opponent's defense just just is so much harder. Like I was talking with Colin, I actually think Lamelo's gonna lead the league in turnover percentage. Yeah. I Yeah. Yeah, I feel like environment is gonna end up mattering a lot for him in his career. And I feel like we're not going to see him play a lot of defense this year. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah. I I do think this offense is going to be pretty solid. I mean, yeah. whenever you've got wings like Miles Bridges, P.J. Washington, Gordon Hayward, all three of those guys can shoot it just fine. And then Terry Rozier, LaMelo, Ball, um, Devontae. Devontae Graham, like especially Graham and Rozier, obviously both very good shooters. And LaMelo, not – an amazing shooter, but still will be dangerous with the ball in his hands. He'll be a guy that defenses have to respect. I do think his passing will be all right. It'll be a weapon. It just will kind of be a not so accurate weapon. But um, 
I still think with an open floor on those three guards, this Hornets offense is going to be pretty close to the average. So I bet they'll be somewhere between 15 and 20. The defense is just where it really starts to fall apart for me. Just yeah. having your two of your best players be undersized guards. And then Lamella's never really been a high effort guy on defense. Not to mention the center position is just a mess. Like Cody Zeller, Bismack. Yeah. Feels and, like there's just a lot of holes. Yeah. And the brief stints where Cody Zeller can play, he's fine. I mean, he's not the guy I'd want to pair with Lamella. I'd want to pair like a more dynamic rim runner or maybe a guy who could shoot the three. Cody Zeller is neither of those. And then Bismack Biombo is just pretty awful. So I think that'll hold him back quite a bit. I've got the Hornets winning 28 games. I do think Gordon Hayward will help him quite a bit. I think this Hornets team is going to be pretty dangerous in transition. Uh, Hayward's a guy who likes to push the pace a lot. Or not Hayward. Lamelo's a guy who pushes the pace a lot. And Hayward's pretty good in those situations. So I can see that being a weapon for them. But I think half-court offense when it's Lamelo on the court is going to be kind of ugly. And I don't think the defense will be very good. Don't forget about Malik Monk, dude. Oh, I've completely forgotten about Monk. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, Devonte Graham's gonna have himself a good season. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I bet there will be some individual good seasons. I just don't feel like it's gonna translate to wins very well. Fine, Shannon. Jeez. Okay, the bully balls. Did they do anything, bro? Not really. I mean, they got they, the Christian Wood left, right? Uh, he left the Pistons. Pistons. The, the Bulls drafted Patrick Williams, and they signed Garrett Temple, and that's about it. Okay, so they are going to win Wait. 28 games. 28? They just suck. <laughs> oh, yeah, they just uh, – it's just not – I don't know. It, like, it feels was, like – Oh, it was well, Chris Dunn, not coach. Christian. Okay, a new coach. Yeah, right. it was Chris Dunn, and I agree with Channon. Like, we've talked about how bad Jim Boylan was – for this team last year. So I think just the absence of him will be a big example of addition by subtraction. Yeah, I kind of forgot about that, but I think I'm going to still stick with 28. I just, I don't know. It doesn't really feel like there's a whole lot of good chemistry going on in Chicago. I feel like they, I don't know. I don't really remember what we talked about with like their roster situation, but I feel like they kind of just need to reconstruct a lot of things. Yeah. So, I think Zach Levine needs to get up out of there. Yeah, for me, this season's going to be all about the new regime, like new new general manager, new coach, just sort of um, getting a feel for who the players are on this team. Like getting a feel for like Kobe White, Zach Levine, Laurie, Wendell Carter, just kind of choosing and scouting which players they want to have as a future building block and sort of figuring out where the foundation pieces of this franchise and so i think guys like um dad young tomas sadaransky um probably maybe garrett temple too just sort of the veterans they could be guys who could be traded at the trade deadline like i don't think this Bulls team is going to be very good i think this vegas projection is a little bit optimistic to be honest because this would be a big improvement on their win-loss record from last year and i guess so i guess they're just thinking because a new coach yeah maybe a new coach maybe the young guys get better but i definitely think this is another rebuilding year for the chicago bulls yeah excited to see how kobe wyatt progresses like he was pretty awesome towards the end of last season i don't know if you guys 
watched during many Bulls games, but like Kobe White was turning into a very good starting point guard. And yeah. Usually they put Tomas Sadaransky on the bench and actually let Kobe White take the reins. And I think that lasted one game before the league went on hiatus. But I'm very excited to see his growth this year. If Otto Porter can stay healthy, I think this team's going to be a lot oh, I like him. I like Otto Porter. Let's go, baby. NBA's coming back, boys. Yeah, well, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't hold my breath for Otto Porter being healthy. I think yeah. I'm going to be a little bit more pessimistic than Chan, and I think this team is 27 games. Oh, 27? Yeah. I'm going to say like 23 games, dude. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> Jesus. It's only like four games less than what Jonah had him at. Jeez, man. Yeah, but when it says four games isn't nothing. Yeah, I mean, four, four games, games isn't four games. a ton. And Cleveland Cavaliers, I, I I really couldn't tell you a lot of players on this team, probably off the top of my head. Yeah, so the Cleveland Cavaliers Sexton, that's like, are the worst. Jonah. Are the worst team in the NBA. And I'm actually <laughs> excited to tell you why. I this is a team who I've been thinking about recently a lot. Just because like Kevin was saying, like there are a lot of like unknowns on this team. But where I really where it falls apart, well, one of the places where it begins to fall apart, and this is probably the most concerning team about thing about this team to me, is the backcourt. Because I actually think they've got some solid wing players like Dylan Windler, Kevin Love, um, Larry Nance Jr. Like all of those guys, I think are going to be solid role players, guys who can knock down shots, guys who can play within the flow of the offense. But when I look at who's initiating the offense and I look at the three guards who I expect to, to be getting the most playing time on this team, that's like Channon was saying, Colin Sexton, you've got Darius Garland and you've got Kevin Porter Jr. And I like Colin Sexton just fine. Like, I think he's a good scoring guard. He can make plays for himself. He can go get baskets by himself. But that still doesn't leave us with the guy who's going to run the offense. Like, I think Colin Sexton is more of that Lou Williams, Dennis Schroeder mold, just kind of a, that combo scoring guard. Darius Garland yeah. sucked last year. And I just, I just think that this team is just going to have no competent point guard play. And I think that's going to just kill their offense i actually think they've got they've got good shooters like kevin porter jr um he's another guy who can score for himself and kevin love he can hit shots dylan windler we've never seen him play but i'm kind of excited i think he'll be able to knock down some shots larry nance is a solid enough shooter but just there's nobody to get them shots because i don't i don't like darius garland i think if we see matthew delavadova play i think that if anything improvement over the <laughs> I could be him one on one. I was. I'm glad you said all that. I was gonna give him. Wait, what was it at twenty? I was gonna give him nineteen. You're gonna give him nineteen. Yeah, Jonah. What are you gonna give him, dude? Yeah. So I disagree with Channon a little bit. I think this team can reach the rarefied air of a twenty win team. So I'm gonna <laughs> have him going twenty and fifty two um, for a win total of twenty seven point eight. Just for pretty much the reasons I was said. I, I am excited to see Isaac Okoro's rookie season. I think he'll be a pretty solid defender from day one, which will definitely be a breath of fresh air for uh, the worst off-court defense in the NBA last season. Or were they the worst transition defense? I think Probably they were the both. worst transition defense, second worst half-court. But 
Um, Who's the I, worst half card, Blazers? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Isaac Kakora was going to help him out either way. Okay. What you got, Cal? Three and 69. You got to win in three games? No, I actually think they can win 12. Oh, wow. 12 games. Wow. Cal, people are going to be, I can see why people get mad at you. Well, I just feel like they still got Kevin Love. Andre Drummond's a good player. Larry Nance Jr. solid. Like, I don't feel like they'll be – like, they'll win some, you know what I mean? Yeah, but I mean, few. they're another case like the Chicago Bulls where I think having a better coach in place yeah. is going to help them. There's a lot of red on this spreadsheet. Now let's get some green. <laughs> yeah, yeah so um, – nicer to these teams. I think this Pistons <laughs> is actually an undershot. Um Wait, wait, wait. They traded Christian Wood? Yeah. And what else? They acquired Grant. Yep. Well, basically, they got rid of Christian Wood, who was the best player on their team. Definitely the best young player on their team. But they had a great reason to do it, because now they can rebuild around the Nuggets' backup front court, which is just an opportunity as a franchise that you don't get every day. Because when... When I hear when I hear about Nuggets front court players from last season, like I don't really think of Jokic and Millsap. I don't think of the starters like Grant and Plumlee. Those are those are the guys <laughs> I want on my team, and and the Pistons are gonna the Pistons are gonna get that opportunity. Who's their point guard? Uh, Derek Rose, but they also drafted oh, Keenan right. Hayes. Okay, 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 okay. okay. Well, okay, I'm gonna give them. Um, I'm going to give him 26. Okay. Yeah. I think that um, I think that Derrick Rose is going to have a solid year. I think that we're going to see Grant kind of continue what he had in the bubble, step it up and be a very solid player. Mm-hmm. I think that's enough to will, will him to 26, honestly. Yeah, and I agree with um, Shannon. I actually like this team, I think, a little bit more than Vegas does. I think a lot of it's going to land on Killian Hayes' shoulders because this is a I, – I like the theory of this team because I think Dwayne Casey is a good coach, and they've got good shooters. Like, they've got Svima Kayak. They just brought in um, – they just brought in Wayne Ellington. They signed him in for oh, okay. They drafted Sadiq Bay, who's a solid shooter. Like, they should play with a spread floor. And if Killian Hayes is the pick-and-roll playmaker – that he was in Europe and the pick and roll pl- playmaker that people think he can be. I yeah. think that this team is actually going to be able to generate pretty good shots for themselves. Even Jeremy Grant is a yeah. three point shooter. Yeah. I think we're going to see him step it up a little bit offensively this year. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and that's the reason he signed with Detroit is because he wanted that larger right. role, which I did not understand. Like, I don't think Jeremy Grant's that guy whatsoever. Like I think, <laughs> I think the role he was playing in Denver was perfectly suited for him. Yeah. I'd definitely be open to him surprising me. Um, and so I do I do think that a lot's going to fall on Killian Hayes' shoulders just because Derek Rose, the starting point guard, he's definitely more of a guy in that Colin Sexton mold who will, who's a more of a score first point guard. He'll be looking to get to the bucket, get his own shots off. But Killian Hayes has tremendous feel for the game, a great passer. I think if he is the guy we hope he can be. He'll be getting great shots for this team, and they definitely have shooters who can knock it down. Mason Plumley, for all the bad stuff I say about him, he actually does set solid enough screens, so I think he should be able to open up some space 
for Killian Hayes if he can stay out of foul trouble. The Which fact is, that we got Nurkic for Plumley, dude. Yeah, it's crazy. And if Plumley can stay out of foul trouble, that's a pretty big caveat. I should say that. <laughs> but um, yeah, defensively too. Um, I just don't think they'll be too terrible defensively either because Plumley, when he does a foul, which again, big if, but um, he's not bad um, defensively. Yeah, not terrible defensively. They Isaiah or they drafted Isaiah Stewart with a 16th overall pick. I think he's strong enough to compete with like not a John Bead, but um, like Nurkic's and Jonas Valanciunas's and Stephen Adams and just kind of the guys who will try to bang you on the block. I think those guys sometimes Plumley has a trouble with them. I don't envision Isaiah Stewart having those same troubles. Who's the other center the Pistons got this offseason? I can't believe I don't remember. I know they got one more. It's not Tony Bradley. Where did Steven Adams land? Steven Adams is in New Orleans. Is it Tony Bradley? Oh, that's right. Is Tony Bradley Pistons other point guard? I gotta look this up. It's kind of me. Callan, what do you think of this team? Um so basically, you know how you can't remember this center? I can't really remember anybody on this team. Oh, it's Jalil Okafor. Jalil. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to go, let's go. Uh, what did you say, Jonah? So for the Pistons, I'm going to go with 25 wins, just one less than Shannon, but I'm still taking the over here. I, I don't like what the Pistons did this off season to be sure, but I mean, 23 wins, that's a little bit low for them, for me. Dude. I, I think Jeremy Grant leaving Denver is going to put a hole in Denver. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I love that. Why is it green? Because we're over. My prediction. Yeah, red is for when we're lower than Vegas, and green is for when we're higher. Ooh, I'm gonna go. Let's go. Let's go twenty-two. Twenty-two. Okay. Damn. No love. Damn what? <laughs> no love for the Oh my god, you picked 25 or 20. <laughs> you picked actually 26. That's actually okay. That's not a lot more than mine, dude. <laughs> 50 games. Um, Pacers, um, they're a good team. Let me think. Okay, Victor Aldiva didn't end up getting anywhere, did he? Mm. Um, I think that's about accurate. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna match Vegas on this 39 wins. Wow, way to think outside the box. How many did they win last year? Anyone know, like, around their percentage? Uh, I'll look it up for you really quick. I want to say it's a little bit higher than that, though. I'm going to go, dude. Helen, what do you think of this team? I think they're going to win, like... Okay, they have... uh, They have Victor. They have... Miles Turner. Miles Turner. Sabonis. Some bonus, and then um, that, do you have that TJ dude? Yeah, TJ Warren. He was awesome in the bubble too. Yeah, I'm gonna go forty. Forty? Okay. That didn't get a reaction out of Shannon. Usually he's like, oh, it's, only, it's only one different than mine, <laughs> and then that's no, I know, totally I know. reasonable. I know. <laughs> so this 
The Pacers, I actually like them quite a bit. They made a coaching change, which I'm excited about. They brought Nate Bjorkren, former assistant on the Toronto Raptors, who, according to NBA lore, is responsible for implementing the box in one, which pretty effectively took Stephen Curry out of the NBA Finals a couple years ago. Well, it didn't take him out of the Finals, obviously. Just made him trash and ineffective. Yeah, just kind of, yeah, shot him in the leg quite a bit so shot um, in the forehead yeah so <laughs> i i like the hire for him a lot i the ethos of nate bjorkren apparently is that he's going to try to run and shoot a lot more threes and the shooting threes is something i'm excited about because this pacers team shot less threes than in, in anybody in the nba last year and they've got very solid shooters on their team like when you look at malcolm brogdon victor oladipo is fine TJ Warren, Miles Turner, tremendous shooter for a center, but we hardly ever see him shoot at all. Coming off the bench, like you've got Doug McDermott, Aaron Holiday, Justin Holiday, all those guys can let team. it rip. So I'm kind of excited to see what those players can do, to be sure. I think this offense is going to be a lot better. The thing that kind of has me scratching my head a little bit is wanting to run faster and running to get up and down the court especially if he's going to do what Nate McMillan did last year and play Miles Turner and DeMontis Sabonis together for large swaths of time. Like I just, to me, both those guys are sinners and I just envision them having a difficult time running the floor with those two guys. Yeah. I'm um, with that. Yeah, yeah. I have no idea. And if, if it were up to me, like, just a, like a thought exercise, I wanted to kind of think about what this team's closing lineup would be. Because although DeMontis Sabonis was an all-star last year, and that probably gives him a lot of equity within the organization, a lot of equity within the fan base. Like people are not going to be happy if he's sitting to close games. I kind of I kind of would like to see them move away from him towards the end of games. Like if they wanted to close with like a bra- lineup of Brogdon, Oladipo, Holiday, Warren, um, Justin Holiday, TJ Warren. Then where'd you um, go? Sabonis. <laughs> What's that? Oh, you froze for a sec. Oh, could you guys hear what I was saying? We missed some of it. Yeah. Oh, uh, where did I cut off at? Yes, Justin Holiday. Oh yeah, Justin Holiday, TJ Warren, Miles Turner. I just think that's a lot more dynamic. Can get up and down the court. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't need to run a million pick and rolls with Demonis Sabonis, which is kind of what this team did last year. I think I think Bjorkren's offense is going to be a lot more dynamic, going to add a lot of juice to this team. I just don't think they have the personnel to implement it in its full glory this year, but I am excited to see it moving forward. And I do think this Pacers team might take a bit of a step back in the regular season, but I do think they'll be better in the playoffs this year. And they have so much depth, which I think is, like I said, important this year. I think they'll go 38 and 34 yeah okay i think uh i just see them uh, there's just some there's the east is kind of better this year man there's like oh, five absolutely. five six teams i'm putting over the pacers yeah the thing that kind of surprised me with the east um this year is just how big of a gap there was like i immediately fell off after the pacers and the hawks to me like mm-hmm. i don't that's true i can't i can never think of a conference where the playoff race 
is like this set in stone before the beginning of the season. And yeah. obviously like things are going to change and I, and that's not going to be true for the entire year, but just right now I can't see anybody challenging the top eight teams. Yeah. But it, but it's weird because for the most part within the top eight, I feel like there's a lot of different ways it can turn out. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. All right. The defending Eastern conference champions, the Miami heat. Okay. Okay. So let's Jimmy. see. Their losses are Crowder, Derek Jones. They re-signed Tragic <laughs> and Myers Leonard. There you go. Okay. How many? They re-signed games? Myers. Yeah. Nice. Do we know how many games they won last year? Uh, let me do a quick fact check on that for you. Do, 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 do. Last year, their winning percentage was 60%. So Vegas thinks they're going to be a little bit better. Eee. Okay. Uh, you know, I loved the heat. Okay. Um, I'm sorry, Miami. I think I'm going to give them 43. No, 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 no. Someone else talk first. Someone else talk. I'll gladly give my prediction. I need to sit Uh, on this a little more. I'm going to say they win a total of, oh, well, by now my math is probably so jacked up, but I think that they have the potential to win 47 games. Okay. Yeah. 47 games for the Miami. Jimmy Buckets, dude. Is that Absolute your reasoning? Sab- yeah, that's basically my only reason. <laughs> oh, and uh, yeah, I actually know quite a few players on the Heat. It's one other hey. basketball team I know. Hey, it's what's up? Just because they're on TV so freaking much. Um, Jonah, go ahead. Okay, so I do think the Heat are going to be better than last year. They lost Jay Crowder, who people forget this, but he was not good for them in the regular season. Like he came on in the playoffs, but he was not a value add for them in the regular season last year. They also lost Derek Jones, who had kind of fallen out of favor by the end of his tenure in Miami. Just did not make the consistent decisions on defense that you need to be a part of in Eric's bolstra playoff scheme fouled quite a bit. They just didn't trust him. It felt like, and so those two losses, I would say, are relatively offset by the addition of Mo Harkless. He's a guy who I think. Oh, I completely forgot. I completely forgot they added Mo. Yeah, on a good deal too. One year, Continue. three and a half million. But he's a guy who I think is going to help him. I, I think like he he was a buying replacement for Mo or for Jay Crowder. Like people forget the stupid. The Jay Crowder we saw is not like Jake, the Jay Crowder, Jay Crowder. Like we saw Jay Crowder on an insane shooting streak. Like he, I think Mo Harkless is better than Jay Crowder, honestly. I mean, yeah, it's pretty close. Like Jay Crowder is a better on ball defender, which definitely matters from, especially against bigger guys, which matters a lot. Like when we saw them play the box, like he did a very good job against Giannis. I mean, obviously you're not going to defend Giannis with one guy and it takes a whole scheme and double teams and digs and all that good stuff. But Jay Crowder was a very useful cog in that machine. And I think Mo Harkless is a little less well-suited for that. Mo Harkless will be a better zone defender, though. Like, we saw Derek Jones Jr. stand at the front of the Miami Heat zone and just get deflection after deflection and jump passing lanes with his long arms and reaction um, 
in his ability to react quickly to passes and what the offense was doing. I think that's more where Mo Harkless is going to excel in Miami. And I think he'll do that in a big way. And he's a fine shooter too, like a little bit less than league average, but his shot looks good and he shoots them consistently and he shoots them often enough to get the defense to guard him out there. The under the radar signing that I actually really do like for them, though, is Avery Bradley. Oh, I forgot about that too. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Because yeah. last year, we, um, as good as their defense was, they did have trouble with some of those like quicker guards, like Kimba Walker. Mm-hmm. They were eventually able to play him off the floor by just consistently attacking him on offense and rendering him like almost unplayable. But they never, they didn't really have that. Um, point of attack defender like Goran Dragic, Tyler Hero, Kendrick Nunn, Duncan Robinson. That was their backup court rotation. And none of those guys are really point of attack defenders in the way that Avery Bradley is. So I think that fills a big hole, even if he doesn't play a lot of minutes. Like I don't think he'll be playing more than 20 minutes, but he just kind of fills a need that this team will have. I think he's a useful addition to their arsenal of defenders. And I think he increases their versatility in a big way. So that was a good get for them. And then guys like Bam Adebayo, Tyler Hero, I think is going to be a strong contender when I think about my sixth man of the year rankings. Yeah. I think he's going to be a can guy. You, can you scroll up and show me what I predicted for Boston? Yeah, absolutely. And then um, Bam Adebayo, Tyler Hero, and then Duncan Robinson, just the young core will get a little bit better. Jimmy will probably continue to regress, but he okay. wasn't anything special in the regular season last year. So I don't think Jimmy regressing is going to too much impact their um, win total. It'll definitely impact their championship upside, but I think this group wins 48 games this year. Okay. Yeah, you definitely talked me into them. Uh, I think they are well-equipped to match up with pretty much any team as far as like a defensive standpoint. And I think we're going to see the confidence of like a Tyler Hero, a Duncan Robinson, just continue to progress. I think the culture is like as strong as ever right now in Miami. So that being said, um, wait, you, Tony, you put in 44. Yeah. I accidentally misspoke. I had him for 44. Okay. Like, okay. I like, <laughs> I don't let that dissuade you, Shannon. No, yeah, no, I actually think they're going to win. I think they're going to win 46. I think yeah, that's, that's a good pick. This, yeah. you, the, the heat are going to be better than they were last year. Yeah, and I, I think, as I'm looking at it, I think I was a little low on them. Yeah, I think they'll be a game better than the Celtics, too. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be funny I'm, if you took all that time to think and were like, 44. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I, I had them tied with the Celtics. So I think we're pretty much in lockstep there. We think okay. they're going to be pretty comparable. Yeah. This Now we get to a team that has two years in a row, won the regular season in the Eastern Conference. What do you guys think about the Milwaukee Bucks? Uh, I think it'll. Um, they're just set, they're a very good regular season team. I think that's going to be the same this year. I think the Nets will probably give them a run for their money, but I I would probably predict the Bucks to come out at one in the East again. Yeah, there are just very few teams that have an answer for uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo in the regular yeah. season. He like he's just. Most teams' regular season game plan does not um, account for a guy like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A tough matchup. Um, I think – okay, let me think. Yeah, you know what? I think I'm going to give him 51 wins. 
51. Yeah, that's a good pick. I like that number. Kellen, what do you think? 56. 56. Okay. Wow. I like, I like them. They're good. Giannis is unstoppable in the regular season. Yes. Oh, that's all ESPN is. It's just like, what did Giannis do tonight? Only dropped 40. Well, yeah, because the thing is, like, 50. Giannis, you can stop him if you put all your effort and game plan into doing it. And realistically, in the regular season, I mean, maybe it'll be different this year because, like, they're supposedly going to be playing teams two times in a row or whatever. But you're not going to, like, do that to your guys, like, because it, it takes a toll on you. You know what I mean? Like, you might have another game the next night or the day after and you're mm-hmm. traveling and stuff. So you're not going to put all your cards in to stop Giannis in the regular season most of the time. So yeah. you can just dominate. Exactly. 100%. That's correct. And that's, and that's why I agree with you guys that they'll be the number one team in the NBA. I'll just, I'll start off this time by just saying, I think they're going to win 52 games for win percentage of 72.2. Wow. Vegas is low on them. I hadn't even looked at how low that number was, but 16. Yeah, that's surprising. It is surprising, but let's just, and I think this is the meat of it for why people are a little bit down on the bucks. Let's just talk about, how their offseason went. And they had a few fuck-ups, and we don't have <laughs> those right off the bat. But um, just, let's just... Dude, like this is the first time Jonas said the F word on this show. Let's just... <laughs> well, the Bucks kind of warranted. But let's let's look at just some yeah, of the changes that were made. But at point guard, out are Eric Bledsoe and George Hill. In are Drew Holiday and DJ Augustine. At shooting guard, Dante DiVincenzo is going to step in as Wait. presumably the starter. Oh, yeah. He didn't leave, huh? Because of the Bogdan thing. Yeah, the Bogdan thing fell through. And Wesley Matthews is gone now as well. They also were able to bring in Bobby Portis. They were able to bring in Tory Craig from the Nuggets, which I thought was a coup for them. Um, let's see. Who else did they bring? They lost Robin Lopez. I know I'm forgetting. Oh, uh, Jordan Warren, and Sam Merrill. They're two second-round draft picks. Probably going to have to play in some capacity right away. Both of them are solid shooters, which I think was kind of what Milwaukee was looking for. But when you look at the way the Bogdanovich thing fell through, yeah. it's just like the lack of understanding for simple salary cap mechanics and that Milwaukee Bucks front office is just so frustrating because – that Bogdanovich thing hard capped him. And I'm 99% sure what happened is that they looked at Drew Holiday's salary. And when you look at Drew Holiday's salary and you just see what his baseline um, take home pay is, that is the number that counts against the salary cap. However, when you acquire a player via a sign and trade, which is what would have happened if they had brought in Bogdan Bogdanovich all of a sudden the normal um, salary of Drew Holiday isn't the salary that's counted. And you count all of his unlikely bonuses, which are basically um, like performance benchmarks he has to hit. And that causes him to get paid more. And Drew Holiday's contract happens to come with about $4 million worth in unlikely incentives. And so I think what happened is that whoever the capologist is, with the Milwaukee Bucks just didn't include the didn't include those four million in bonuses in his projection under the hard cap, which if so, what a disaster. And so they didn't have as much money to pay Bogdan Bogdanovich 
as they thought they would have. Because if if it weren't for those four million, like they would have been able to bring in Bogdanovich, no problem. And instead, they had to pivot, and they hard ca- and they and that would have been okay. It would have been okay if they had just stopped there. They wouldn't have gotten Bogdan Bogdanovich, but they still would have had flexibility. They wouldn't have been hard capped. There would have been ways to work around it. Instead, they give DJ Augustine seven million dollars. So you couldn't have paid him six and a half million dollars. They had to pay him seven million dollars. And that reactivated the hard cap. They used because they used they didn't use the full middle level exception, but they used half a million dollars more than the mini mid-level exception. And so by doing that, they hard capped themselves again. This team has no flexibility. They've locked themselves into a roster that while it has more high-end talent is a lot shallower than it was last year. I think that will hurt yeah. them in the regular season. I think Drew Holiday solves is going to be the cure for a lot of what ails them come playoff time. But I just think the shallowness is going to hurt them a little bit in the regular season. That said, like Tannen was saying, just very few teams have a regular season game plan that can facilitate stopping Giannis Antetokounmpo. And so I think that is kind of um, like, they just have such an easy path to winning games as long as Giannis is yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I think they'll win 52 games. I think they'll go 52 and 20. Sounds like they got some clowns in Milwaukee. Bro, we oh, need yeah. the Bucks need you in the front office guy. That's fine. Like why? Yeah, they need somebody new. That's for sure. I mean, and Giannis, <laughs> and Giannis hasn't signed his, Giannis hasn't signed the extension either. Like, and they've traded away five unprotected first-round picks, and now Giannis might leave next offseason, and Drew Holiday is also a free agent. Like, they could be out of Drew Holiday and Giannis next offseason and, oh, five first-round picks unprotected to the New Orleans Pelicans. Like, what a catastrophe. <laughs> I hope like, that happens, dude. Holy moly. Like, I mean, yeah, it's going to be some dark times in Milwaukee, it looks like. But this this could be a good team that they field this year, for sure. Yeah. Jesus, dude. Okay, okay, okay. Knicks. Uh, they got some more power forwards. <laughs> Ob one Ganobi. Um, what do they got? Let's see, twenty. Yeah, Ob Ob Toppin, Nerlens Noel, Austin Rivers, Alec Alec Burks. Those are those are the main. Oh, he's a for the nice player. Okay. Twenty. Five wins. Twenty-five. Okay. Ken, I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say nineteen. Wow. Okay. What does Vegas have, Matt? Twenty-three. They're not a good basketball team, though, right, Jonah? No, no, they're not. No, they're not. I think they're gonna win twenty-five by chance, honestly. Yeah. So. For this team, I actually kind of like where they're headed. I like that they didn't do anything brash with their money. They didn't make a Russell Westbrook trade. They didn't throw the bag at Gordon Hayward. Like they, It looks like they're actually going to take their time to a real um, rebuilding. At least I hope that's the case. We've talked about Obi Toppin a lot on the program. I didn't like that pick for them. I mean... There's the great story of like him being from New York. There's also the great story of him being a CAA client, which I don't know, maybe that has a little something to do with it, but another power forward for the collection in New York. <laughs> I just don't understand the way this off 
offense is going to work because when you look at who they've got, Alfred Payton, Austin Rivers, RJ Barrett, Alec Burks, Julius Randle, like those are a handful of guys who love having the ball in their hands and can't shoot. So just I just think right off the bat, the spacing on this team is just going to be very bad. I think that'll make it a lot harder for their best player, Mitchell Robinson, to excel. Like I don't I don't really see um, what his role is going to be in this offense. I think they're going to miss Taj Gibson on defense as like sort of that stabilizing force. Mitchell Robinson, he's getting a lot better, but he still is definitely foul prone. Um, but just a lot of pieces that don't fit well together on offense. Whenever you have this many ball handlers and this little shooting, it just is kind of doomed to be a disaster, especially I don't really know how much this matters, but Julius Randall and R.J. Barrett are both very left-handed. So you imagine that that side of the floor might be a little bit crowded. I'm not sure if that actually is something that matters like in practice, but um, I don't know. It's just interesting. I just don't really think I'm, I'm glad that this team isn't super concerned about like making moves that'll help them win more games in the immediate, but they're definitely not going to be winning games in the immediate. <laughs> how's RJ going to do this upcoming season? And how's Obi going to do Because they made another team that doesn't fit his strength at all. So he could, he could be solid for all we know, but we'll never be able to see it when he has such poor spacing around him and other guys like Julius Randle who are going to command the basketball. Yeah, that's true. How's Obi going to do? I think Obi could be okay just because he's he can actually shoot a little bit. I think he'll get some shots up and he'll have license to do pretty much whatever he wants. He'll definitely be able to explore the studio space. I think Obi Toppin sucks. Like I haven't been shy about that. I don't think he's going to be a very good NBA player, but I think on this Knicks team, he'll definitely be able to like get his for sure. Okay. okay. Orlando, is there any, do they make any big changes that I can't think of? Pretty much not. I mean, they signed Dwayne Bacon. We thought big they moves. might have Alfred Camino coming back. That looks like it might be a sort of, it looks like a boulevard of broken dreams for Alfred Camino. And <laughs> they drafted Cole Anthony. They've got Chuma Okiki, who was their rookie from last year and missed the entire season. He's going to play this year. And then also Jonathan Isaac out for the entire year, as we know. Mo yeah. Bamba still recovering from COVID symptoms that he's really dealing with, like in um, June. Very concerning. So holy, mo- like what blood clots and stuff? I I'm not sure, but he he's not going to be ready to play. They haven't really said anything about it other than like COVID symptoms. Damn, dude, that might not really go away. Um, one of my one of UFC fighter, he said that he's still struggling from like blood clots and stuff from getting COVID. It's so scary. Like you're an elite athlete and that's freaking wild, dude. I mean, and a lot of, a lot of people have just like shortness of breath, mm-hmm. which would be terrible for an athlete. Like you can't play like that. Mm-mm. That's freaking um, scary. Dude, that sucks. Cause I was about to say that. I think Mobamba is going to blossom. I love Mobamba. He's so cool. Uh, okay. 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 So they got what Evan Fournier. Um, Freaking Vucevic, Gordon. Um, who's that? Who's that dude with the little twisty things? Markel Fultz. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Markel, I'm gonna say. Can I say mine? Yeah, yeah. go for it. 
Number two, get nine. Wait, I'm thinking of 31 games. Do you think they'll make the playoffs? Do I? No. I'm going to say... Uh, Do I? No. I'm going to say they're going to win 23 basketball games. Damn. Wow. Um, <laughs> Don't act you, shocked when I no, say No, no, that. no, I'm not. I'm not, I'm not. No, no, no. Jonah always is like, wow. But it's like, I have no idea what I'm talking about. So, mm-hmm. I mean, like, it doesn't even matter. Jonah, can you scroll up and show me some? Like, I, want, I need to see, like, Atlanta. Oh, yeah. What I said. I said, holy, oh, shit. okay. Yeah, the Magic are not going to be as good as Atlanta, to be sure. But yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's, no, what no, I was, that's kind of the benchmark I was looking at. Okay. Do you want me to scroll to the Hornets? Wait, what do you mean? I can see that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There they are. Okay. Okay. Yeah, you can scroll back down. All right. Cool. I think I have my number. Okay. So they have them at 31. Dude, that is generous, bro. That's a, Why that's do a they think they're going to win 31? Yeah, I don't know. That's that does seem like a lot. Yeah, that's okay. what I was thinking. I'm gonna I'm gonna be kind of low key friendly and give them twenty eight. Okay. Dude, where did they think thirty one the wins last year? I guess, but I don't even know why they made the playoffs last year. I don't know where they think thirty one wins are gonna come out of the East. They have some good. There's good teams in the East. Yeah, and not to mention this is something we haven't touched on a lot so far. But it's going to be harder for Eastern Conference teams to win games because the NBA schedule is ten games shorter. But they're going to be they're going to still play thirty games against the Western Conference. So the games being taken oh, out damn. are against Eastern Conference teams. And obviously, we all know the Western Conference is the much better conference, and so that's just going to increase the strength of schedule for all these Eastern teams. Yeah, bro. There's not there's not a whole lot of bummy teams for teams like the Magic to just whip up on and rack up a couple wins. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'm excited to see how Marco Fultz does this year because last yeah. year we saw a lot of DJ Augustine. Even when Fultz was starting, like DJ Augustine was always waiting in the wings. Steve Clifford is a coach who, even though the Magic aren't the best, he'll still try to win as many games as possible. And oftentimes for him, that meant benching Marco Fultz as soon as he messed up and putting in DJ Augustine. So it'll be nice to see Fultz have a little bit more freedom to operate without looking over his shoulder. I'm excited to see what he can do if he ever yeah. has that shot working again i think he'll be a pretty solid point guard i actually like him i think he's a good point guard yeah for sure and they drafted cole anthony who in yeah. theory is going to be the backup at shooting guard you've got fournier and terrence ross two very good shooters two guys who can move off the ball especially ross coming off screens making cuts getting open at the rim and then fournier is a guy who in theory would be able to relieve faults of a little bit of his responsibilities in the half court yeah. Michael Carter Williams, you would think will probably play both of those positions as well as probably a little bit of small forward and just kind of zone in on whoever the best offensive player is and they'll mainly use him for his defense. And he's improving in other aspects, especially his shot is looking a little bit better. Yeah. Mmm, baby. And I still think they'll have a solid <laughs> defense. I mean, as long as Steve Cliff is the coach, the defense is going to be all right. Aaron Gordon and Chuma Okiki are both guys who can guard um, a lot of wings. At least I think Chumo Kiki will be that guy. The Magic. Yeah, they have some solid defenders. Yeah, the Magic certainly seem to think he's that guy. Um, I'm going to go with 29 wins for the Magic, just because I think in the past we were so used to seeing them play like more experienced players like DJ Augustine, Evan Fournier, 
Aaron Gordon, some of those, Jonathan, Jonathan Isaac, they'll miss him. But um, I think we'll just see a lot more of like the Tuma Okikis and the Markel Fultzes. And um, it's going to be a little bit of a youth movement. Cole Anthony, it's going to be a little bit of a youth movement. We're going to see some new faces. I think they're going to take a step back. We might, I have thought, if I were to guess, I would probably say Fournier doesn't finish the season on the Magic. So. I think they're ready to kind of regress a little bit this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The playoffs twice in a row now. Okay, Sixers. Okay, so they added. They had a good off season. Oh yeah. Okay, they gave them forty three. Um. Uh, okay, 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 okay. Jonah, wait. What what moves did they make? Yeah. So. They were able to bring in Danny Green. They traded Al oh, yeah. for him, which was a great deal um, for the Sixers, I thought. They were able to get Seth Curry from the Magic, or from the Mavericks, sorry, not the Magic. Um, gave up Josh Richardson to make that happen. In free agency, they signed Dwight Howard to be Joel Embiid's backup. And those, oh, those yeah. are kind of the main things. Okay. And they're um, already good on top of that. So. Oh, and they drafted Tyrese Maxey. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm. I think I'm just gonna put them just a hair behind the Boston and Miami's and give them 44. 44. Well, that is funny because that's the exact record I gave them to. So, I think I think you had it right on the nose. Yeah. I think they'll be a good team. Um, I think I could definitely. I wouldn't be shocked if they ended up putting together a better season than that. But yeah. um, I. I just haven't seen them be as complete as Boston and Miami are. Like they just they don't have the credit yet. So, and with the injury risk of both Simmons and Embiid, it's kind of hard True. to get two up on the Sixers before the season. But if those guys are healthy, the additions of Danny Green and Seth Curry should really open up the floor to yeah. allow both of those guys to play however they want to. And they they dumped Al Horford, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think they could be good. Because. Yeah, just when you look at their starting lineup, like Ben Simmons, Seth Curry, Danny Green, Tobias Harris is still on their team, Joel Embiid, like that's a very starting unit. And then you think about like off the bench, you've still got Matisse Thibel. I think Mike Scott is still on their team. He'll he'll bring some shooting off the bench. Still got Shake Milton, um, Tyrese, Dwight Howard. Like I just think this team is so much better suited towards the strength of Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. Yeah, I agree. Without sacrificing on defense, which was the ethos of this team last year. And they still weren't that great of a defensive team. I think they'll actually probably be a better defensive team this year. And to be sure, they'll be a much better offensive team. So just great moves by Daryl Morey, his first summer on the job, and he hit it out of the park. Colin, what do you think about these guys? 40 wins. 40. Okay. I was going to say 39. I think 40. Because I feel like Joel Embiid will get hurt again. Yeah. Hopefully not. If he stays healthy, he could be one of the best teams in basketball. <laughs> All right. Well, two more teams to go. Channing Am I wrong, though? I feel like they're a solid basketball team. The Sixers? Yeah. Yeah, they are solid. I mean, me and, me and Shannon thought they were more solid than needed, but I mean, <laughs> yeah, I think they're good. 
I like I like their team a lot. The East is a gauntlet, though, dude. Yeah, it'll be tough. Uh, okay. Um, they gave the Raptors. Okay, the Raptors lose Ibaka Gasol, and they re-signed Van Bleet. Yeah. Um, anything else? I mean, for what it's worth, they also lost Rondé Hollis Jefferson. Um, Terrence Davis. I remember hearing about him going through. Do either of you remember what Terrence Davis' run-in with the law was over the offseason? I don't know if that's something where he'll be suspended or have to miss any time. No, I don't. I'll look it up really quickly. Um, um, I Okay, so... No, yeah, I think, I think that's a pretty solid prediction by Vegas, actually. I don't... They're definitely not going to be competitive with uh, the Nets and... Um, you know, the Bucks and Boston, the Heat. I think they will be behind the Sixers. Um, I think 41 is pretty fair. Uh, yeah, I'm going to give them 41. I'm going to agree with that. Bro, I'm looking up Joel Embiid's injury history. He gets hurt a lot, dog. Yeah, you can count on him to miss definitely a few games every season. Speaking of lack of centers and centers, speaking of centers who get injured a lot, how about Aaron Baines being the big ticket signing for the Raptors this offseason? Aaron Baines sucks, dude. No, he's good. No, he sucks. I like the way he fits with this team, but talk about unreliable. Like when he's not in foul trouble, he's injured. Like for the guy they paid $7 million to, he's probably not going to be on the court all that much. I mean, they brought back Chris Boucher, who other than great shot blocking ability and the tremendous education he got, I just don't I just don't think he's gonna be a guy who can eat up a lot of minutes there. And then Alex Lynn, I think a lot's gonna fall on the plate of Alex Lynn, which I I like Alex Lynn, but kind of uninspiring. Mm. When, when you think about the loss of when you think about the loss of Marcus Hall and Serge Ibaka, definitely a downgrade at the center position. Yeah, and I think we saw last year too. Like, I don't as much as I like Pascal Siakam. Like, he's not the guy who I want as sort of the head of the snake on my offense, which is kind of what he had to do a lot of the year for Toronto. And I completely understand it as sort of like a grab and go situation. Like, he gets a rebound, he takes the ball down the court. He's a fine passer in transition. Like, all of that is okay. I just don't like the idea of him initiating half court offense. I definitely think that should be Kyle Lowry or Fred Van Vliet. I think the offense looks a lot better when that's the case, even though those guys definitely struggle to finish inside. Lowry actually gets to the line quite a bit, which helps out his efficiency a ton. But um, I just think the half court offense is going to be a struggle, especially Marcus Hall and Serge Ibaka. Both are three things, very solid screeners, solid enough passers, especially Marcus Hall, great passer for a center and they can space the floor and shoot. Like those, I think people forget how valuable, like just those three skills are to the Raptors offense and not having those um, is going to be sort of detrimental. Aaron Bain can do those things on offense, but he's just never on the floor. So I think the offense is going to take a step back defensively. They'll be all right. Any team coached by Nick nurse. I just have a hard time betting against them. But I think 38 wins. I think they'll be tied with the Pacers. Um, okay, yeah, I can see that. I'll put them on the same level. That's, that's really fair. Me have question. 
Go for it. Is uh wasn't Kawhi trying to get uh Sergi to come to LA? He did. No, Sergi is a, a Clipper now. He is. Yeah. Oh shoot, my bad. <laughs> I thought you never mind. I'm so dumb. No, that's okay. Yeah, but I'm sure Kawhi did have um a role to play in getting them there. Yeah, there was. I saw a Serge thing, and he said he was like, "Bro, are you coming or what?" Or something like that. Yeah, and I think that's a great fit. I think Serge is going to help him out a ton. When we when we get to the Western Conference preview, we're going to have to talk about that for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm, mm, baby, I'm going to say that they are uh, going to win thirty nine games. That's a good pick. I like that a lot. <laughs> Uh, after you um, put Hazen, can you show me how many I predicted for the Pacers? Yeah. You had them for um, 39 wins. And did you have the Raptors for 41? Yeah. Yeah, 41. I yeah, That's definitely reasonable to me. At least. I, I think those two, those teams will basically be on the same level. So. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, for sure. Before we start talking about the Wizards, do you guys just want to share some quick thoughts on the uh, John Wall for Russell Westbrook exchange? Okay, it sort of feels like I don't even understand. Like, I guess if like they both just wanted a scenery change, mm-hmm. like well, I don't understand the point. Like you, what do you? They're so similar in style of play. I I definitely think John Wall's a better player, better if you want to win. But like when you look at it, they're both explosive point guards. Mm-hmm. who like to have the ball mm-hmm. and have bad contracts. Yeah, so for me, when I first saw this trade for Washington, before we get into winners and losers, I think it's important to kind of decipher what the goals were because I think both of these teams had different goals, and I think one is more worthy for the other than the other. I think Washington, what their goal is with this trade is basically – what they're saying is just, oh, I'm tired of being a wannabe playoff team. Like, I want to be a playoff team. And that's <laughs> that's why you go out and get a guy like Russell Westbrook. I actually think he's going to help him out quite a bit. Me and Shannon, or not me and Shannon, me and Colin talked about the Wizards the other day. And I talked about how getting out in transition is going to be so big for him in terms of getting guys like Davis Berton. That's where he gets a lot of his threes, just getting those easy points in transition. Russell Westbrook's going to help him a lot with that. Um, being a guy who can grab the ball and go. The Wizards don't really have that. Like, maybe Dini Avdia, you think if he works out, could be that. But Rui Hachimura, not so much. Thomas Bryant was their best rebounder last year, and he cannot dribble at all. Robin Lopez, they brought him in to rebound, but he's not an individual rebounder. He's a great, He's great at boxing out, but his individual rebounding statistics are pretty miserable, although he definitely contributes to team rebounding. But Russell Westbrook is going to be a guy who I think will help him out quite a bit. And they didn't have to get off of a premium asset to do it. Like, like when I first heard about this trade, like the pick protection I thought was going to be what made or broke the trade or what, what was like the make or break factor. And the pick wasn't really a premium asset. I think in 2023, it's top 12 no, it's lottery protected. 2024, top 10. 2025, top eight. And then it turns into two second round picks. I want to say that's how it works. And I think that's how it works. And 
Yeah, that's right. And so Tell me how it works, Jonah. If you says that's how something works, dude, that's how it works. Like <laughs> that's not a premium asset to me. Like they've been in the top <laughs> 10 draft picks the last two years. And so if they don't get better, um, they won't have to give up a pick. And if they do get better, then that's good. That's what they want to do. They want to they want to feel the competitive team around Bradley Beal. So I like this quite a bit for the Wizards. For the Rockets, I mean, just kudos to them for getting a pick for Russell Westbrook. I didn't think they would be able to do that. Obviously, they had to take back an equally bad salary, um, but they're not going to be good anyway. I mean, it's just a matter of time before James Harden gets traded away. So I don't think having Wall's contract on the books is the end of the world for him. So I would say a good piece of business, getting a pick for a guy who I didn't think they'd be able to get a pick for, even if it does just turn out to be two seconds or a later first. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't I don't think the Wizards will make the playoffs. Yeah, me neither. Um, uh, I'm going to give them 27 wins. 27, okay. I think I'm going to give him 25 wins. Where's Russell Westbrook from? Does anyone know? Isn't he from the Los Angeles area? That's what I yeah, thought. Yeah, he went to UCLA. Bro, straight up, if you made a Pac-12 team, it's like a Pac-12 all-star team would be crazy. Put Trace Tingle on there. Peyton Pritchard. Fire, dude. Can you click on the West part of the spreadsheet for me? Just show me the Warriors. No. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, you put them at the top. Let's go. Mm. It's in alphabetical order. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. Let's go. 39 and 33. I, I was thinking they'd be right. at the bottom because of the Warrior thing. And then if you scroll down to the Blazer one total, you see. 41. Ew, dude, that black looks awful on oh, that dude, red, that is- dude. That's completely Can't wait to talk about that. Can't wait to talk about that. Wait, go, uh, go. Can you go back to the West though? Yeah. Can you go to the Golden State Warriors? <laughs> can you zoom in on it. <laughs> Just get a good look. Get a good look at the 2021 champions, dude. Oh, God. that's a good looking. That's a good looking color scheme right there. Wow. Oh my God! Stop it. I cannot wait for this season, dude. I'm not going to watch any of the team. If you're watching, I'm just going to watch the Warriors. Jonah, can we do that though? Like, can we t- can we talk about the Warriors and stuff like weekly? Next episode? No, just like weekly when they start playing. Oh yeah. Because then I'm going to start knowing everything. Right yeah. now, I'm still a little sapling, little no. I'm soaking everything in. But yeah, after this, slowly but surely, dude. Imagine like fast forward like a couple, maybe like a year or two from now, dude. I'm going to be a freaking, I'm going to be half your level of NBA knowledge. And that's going to be like four times the amount of a regular human being. Uh, <laughs> I'm, looking, I'm looking forward to it. Bro, Jonah, you're, you've never, you never cease to just blow my mind with how much NBA stuff, you know, bro, you see, you just went through all 15 teams and gave like a 10 minute five, like five, 10 minute preview on each team. Yeah, well, I'm sure. Hopefully, this was more interesting than what we recorded the other day would have been because I have a feeling people wouldn't have liked that 
No, this is going to be clutch. Yeah, I think this went well. This, this is going to, yeah, this is going to be good. And then next week, Keep my buddy going. Wesley, who talked about the Blazers with us the first time, is can't wait for the back. West. Oh. West is going to be fire, dude. Wow, what 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 team did I have? What what was the highest? I think I gave. Was it the Nets? No, no. Let's see. Who did I give the highest win to? I think I gave the Nets 52 games. Yeah, you did. I think that's the most I gave. Yeah, out you probably didn't give the Bucks more than that. Oh, did, did you? Oh, you did. You gave them 56. <laughs> Six wins. That's a season right there. Oh, my God. I'll, I'll make the standings for all of our picks so we can see like who our playoff brackets are and stuff. Oh, Fire, Jeez, dude. Yeah. Hey, wait, Jonah. Yeah. If if you want to make that, I'll send you. I'll send you the font that we use, like on our profile page. Okay. And you can like download it, and then you can make that if you want to, and I can post it. Okay. Cool. Um, yes, sir. Yeah, that sounds good. Awesome, Jonah. Yeah. I, this is fantastic, dude. Before we log off, I want to get Shannon's opinion on something to put you on the spot. Oh. Let's, let's hear the top five city uniforms for this year. The top five? Yeah. Okay. Um, top however many you want. Let me let me glance at them really quick. Yeah. Are they are okay, they different okay, each okay, season? Okay, okay. Yeah, pretty much every team has a new one. Oh, all thirty are out now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they just okay. released all the merch and stuff today. Oh yeah, I, I saw some sponsored NBA posts. Okay, Celtics. Do you like the Lakers, the blue ones? Yeah, I did like that. I, I like those ones. Really? They're so boring. I just think it's cool, dude. They've been yeah. terrible. So the Dallas, um, I remember we were talking about those horrible, but I actually kind of like how they have like the, the curve on the stripe, you know? Oh, yeah. yeah. I think that's kind of interesting. They're not as bad as they would be if they were just playing. Brooklyn looks like a seven-year-old drew it on the front. No, dude, it's based on freaking what's yeah, I know. Butt. I know. Chill those out. are one of my favorites. Chill, I think chill, those chill, are chill, so chill, dope. Chill, chill. Chicago's I are kind of like Brooklyn a lot too because it kind of fits with what the ethos of that team is. Like exactly, Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant are like two of the most creative, artistic players, just in terms yes. of like their play style. And I can definitely picture Kyrie in that uniform. Yeah, dude. And the guy, the artist, is from freaking Brooklyn, dude. It is yeah. that that that's a contender for my number one spot. Okay, Dallas. Me too. Dallas is just kind of look like a um. Like a two th- early two thousands uh, all star game. Talk about that with freaking Indiana. Memphis or, is that's clutch. just didn't Indiana used to have jerseys like that? Just the pen stripes. Yeah, it's like a mashup of three previous eras of their uniforms. Uh, Miami's goes hard. Oh wait, this isn't what I thought the Lakers was. Okay, yeah, it's just the white and blue. I thought it was like the blue, like you know that. Um, the no. Freaking- Oh yeah, they have those uniforms this year too, but I think those are their classic editions. Okay, 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 okay. Bro, um I don't like Miami. What, what the freak? Why is why is Milwaukee? Why don't you like Miami? It just seems cheesy. It looks like something you get at Chuck E. Cheese's. Well, I don't understand why or the Portland Trailblazers they have to be brown. Like, what is that about? Trees. Yeah, but it's like there's no green in there. You don't see trees with red um freaking It's because the trees here they're so tall you just see the trunks. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. San Antonio is kind of fire. Yeah, like those that. are those are my top five. Okay, 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 okay. I'm almost to the bottom. All right, all right, all right. My favorites. Brooklyn is my favorite. Did the Warriors not have any? No, no they do. 
The Warriors had a pretty bad one. In my yeah. Opinion. Let me see. Worse than the Warriors? I mean, what? worse than the Blazers? No, not yeah. worse than the Blazers. I think they're worse than the Blazers. Okay, Brooklyn's my favorite. Um, and next, I'm going to go with... Oh, no. The Warriors ones were freaking sick. I used oh, to have an old school Monte Ellis jersey. They look just like that, dude. Okay, oh. I actually like... Um, Stop. You guys are stupid, dude. Those things are fire. I actually like the Memphis one. Okay. Because um, that's inspired by, like, the guy who owned that famous R&B studio. In mm-hmm, Isaac Hayes, bro. How yeah. can you guys not Isaac like- Hayes is a legend. Okay. So that's two I named. Uh, Oklahoma cities are bad. Yeah, Oklahoma cities are trash. Dude, what what do we say? They look like a freaking NASCAR jersey or something. Yeah. The funniest thing is that every city edition has like a slogan to go with it, and their slogan for Oklahoma City is "Made in Oklahoma." And I can't help but think that that's just a little bit tongue in cheek because as terrible as it is, it it does scream Oklahoma. Too. Yeah, dude. It looks dude, like they be a gas station design or something. Facts, dude. Facts. This looks like freaking Chevron. They should have had just had SGA design it. True. Yeah. Sucks. He has to wear that. Yeah. Dude, how do you not like the Warriors ones? I just thought it was super patronizing how they put Oakland on a jersey literally two years after they abandoned that city. I thought that's kind of a bad move. That's the point. You're supposed to remember your roots. I don't know. Okay, and then San Antonio is one of the top ones for me. Yeah, San Antonio is awesome. Um, damn, dude! Actually, Sacramento's kind of sick because yeah. uh, the the like honestly, just because of De'Aaron Fox with the racing yeah. thing, I think that's kind of dope for him. But they're look they're kind of boring. But the most yeah. creative one could be the Boston Celtics one. That's funny because um, I don't even. Oh, the Utah or no? The I actually kind of like the Blazers one. Yeah, honestly, I think I put the Blazers in my top five. I feel like there's like the Nets and the freaking what was that one I just named? That was create or that was cool. The Spurs. Yeah, the Spurs and like and then like a couple other solid ones, and the rest are pretty much just like not cool. Yeah. I what just, are your thoughts, Jonah? Um, two of yours are in my top five: the Nets and the Spurs. Those ones. Are, yeah. are awesome. I actually really like the Pacers one. The pinstripes? Yeah, I like the pinstripes. And it, it just screams Pacers to me, which is something like I can't really say about a bunch of the other ones. Yeah. It fits their uniform set so well. And I really wait, wait, like- wait. Do you remember when the Pacers had those hickory uniforms where it was like yeah. it was like the red top and the yellow shorts or something like that? Yeah, from the movie Hoosiers. Yeah, I remember. Dude, those were horrible. Yeah. They, they look like freaking PE clothes, dude. I don't care what movie. Um, Memphis is cool. I also really like the Suns uniforms. I liked them a little bit more when I thought Kelly Oubre might be wearing them. but True. They'll yeah, be- they're cool. Just, they just remind me so much of like Utah. Yeah, gradients are kind of like the thing in the NBA right now. Yeah. And then the last one is Chicago's because Boy, – I think it's supposed to like represent some famous theater or something, but they just look so elegant. I think they look fancy. I'm trying to they find kind them. of they they look the way Chicago freestyle by Drake sounds. If that makes sense. Oh yeah, I feel that. That's facts. 
Yeah, that stuff down the side's actually pretty creative. Yeah, these are cool. Yeah. Yeah, these definitely fish Chicago. Yeah. I, th I think Nets is definitely the top one. Yeah. The, the Nets, I can just picture them. In that yeah. Game. Yeah, the players will look so good in it. Yeah, Kyrie for sure, dude. This looks like this font looks like it would be on one of his shoes. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. And so does that, like, Chevron design. It definitely yeah, yeah. looks like Kyrie could have come up with that. Yeah. Yeah. Stupid. I like the Blazers and I like the Warriors. Yes. Okay, let me look at the Warriors again. I swear they've worn these jerseys before. Yeah, it's literally from like early 2000s. Freaking it's like, like it's a good enough looking uniform. I just think it's so bad how they wrote Oakland on it. Like that's just so dumb, I think. That would I would say like, you're so dumb. That'd be like if Oklahoma City wrote Seattle on their jerseys. <laughs> Stop it. No, no, it's not even the same thing. It's the wow. exact same thing. Yeah. It's exactly not the exact same thing. Oh, you stripped a city of their team and now you're just patronizing them by wearing their name on your jersey. You're yeah. recognizing the roots where everything came from. So how's that different than if Oklahoma City did that with Seattle? Hmm? How would that be different than OKC and Seattle then? Wouldn't that Because be they're like, it's literally not that far away. OKC and Seattle, that's like across the country. I don't really think that matters to the people in Oakland, though. I don't think it matters how far away it is as much as the principle of they just got ditched for, like, a better city. Yeah, dude, that'd be like a freaking Actually, Albany. Actually, I don't know about that. Oakland's on the rise, dude. Imagine if Albany had an NBA team, and then they were like, all right, we're going to Portland. Yeah, o Oakland definitely is on the rise. They've only lost two professional sports franchises in the last two years. That's definitely <laughs> trending upwards for them. No, literally it is. Like, their areas are becoming nicer. Like and it's way more expensive to live there than it has. What's the word called? Um, there's like a gentrification. Super, yeah, gentrification. I mean, Dame is from Oakland, and that's about the best yeah. thing I can say about him. Yeah. And Marshawn. Marshawn Lynch. Damn, dude, dude but, I wish the Blazers had the dopest city one, so that I was like, oh, I have to buy one. Yeah, me too. I was looking at the stuff that came out today. And usually when the Blazers like do a merch release, I can like pick out four or five things I want to get. And there were only a couple of things this time, which was disappointing. Damn. That just, just, I don't know. Wait, wait, wait. Did they drop like, like all their stuff? Yeah. Just like hoodies and t-shirts. And some of it was cool, but there are a lot of it just like says Oregon on it, which I mean, it's cool, but it doesn't really look like Blazer gear to me. Is it on like the NBA website, the merch yeah. site? Yeah. I know basically just... all the Warriors city jerseys are sold out. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah, you can get 25% off right now. That's what they said. Like, Fanatics and NBA Store, they constantly have these crazy deals. It's like, ends in like three hours and then it you know, restarts. Dude, like it just restarts deal. every day. <laughs> they, had the, they had like a freaking like 65 or 50% or something. But, or it's oh, like yeah. up, up to that. Yeah, that's what they get you with. It's like up to. Yeah, and then like the it's all the crap stuff, like stuff that's sixty five dollars off. Yeah, yeah. They have like a bandana that's like sixty five percent off because they got to get it rid of it. <laughs> bro, what a bandana! What Wait, is this, bro? It literally just says Oregon. Yeah, I thought that was kind of whack. Let's do our top five least favorite city edition. Okay. Yeah, okay. Wait, hang on. I gotta check out this freaking stuff. So every team has a Jordan jersey now. Yeah. Well, I mean. Just the statement jerseys that already existed. They just slapped right. the logo on them. That's kind of cool. Yeah, I think okay, I really? like on the Last Dance hype. So. What's the Warriors? Dude, I've been watching now? the Last Dance. 
I've I didn't watch it when it. it came out, dude. I used to always, I used to always feel like LeBron was the clear cut go, but Jordan was a dog, dude. Oh, I know. They're, the Warriors, theirs is all yellow, and it says like the Bay on it, or something. Um, I wish that the Warriors throwback instead of saying Oakland, it just said Warriors on the front, like it did in the old days, you know. Yeah, they definitely should have done that. Okay. Um. Oh, I also think it's cool that the the jersey's a little boring. I think they could have done more to like to like try to play off the MLK theme. But I think the MLK on the Atlanta jersey is cool. Yeah, I Probably. think it's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I actually hated that one because uh, when when I look at like the Raptors, what they've done, or like what the Nets did, like with the Raptors even though it like still has all the Raptors wording and stuff, you immediately know it's Drake when you look at their OVO uniforms and with like the Nets, their Coogee uniforms, you automatically knew it was Biggie and they didn't have to say it. They could still say Brooklyn on the Jersey. The Hawks just feel so heavy handed to me. I mean, that's true. I, I, I just think the idea of having like MLK Jersey is cool. Yeah. And he's from Atlanta, but like also he doesn't really have a lot to do with the Hawks. Like, was he a big basketball? That's true. I like the idea. The core is sick. Like how they add stained glass pattern to like mimic the church. That he oh damn, at. dude! They should have done that on the jersey. Yeah, I, I think so. Just having MLK slapped on the front. Yeah, felt a little bit like too obvious or something to me. Yeah, you, that's true. It kind of just looks like they just made a basic jersey and then just replaced Atlanta with MLK. Yeah, even though it was cool to like use him as inspiration, it just like yeah, um, they could have done something a lot cooler with it. I feel like. Damn, dude, the Toronto jersey, the OVA thing is cool. Yeah. Okay, um, I don't like the Wizards jerseys. Yeah, I mean, I actually like them because they're kind of clean. They're a little bit uninspired. but I don't know. It just feels – I don't know. I hate um, the Knicks. The Knicks are the worst, and I don't actually think they're going to use it. I think once – Oh, yeah, we talked about this. Oh. looks like a Nike camp jersey. Yeah, I and – the Knicks are the only team that didn't put their jerseys for sale today. So I think <laughs> there's a chance they might be walking back on it now, which would be smart. That's funny. Yeah. Um, um, you already talked about the Thunder. Those yeah, are those pretty are awful. Terrible. I don't like Miami. That's one of my least favorites. The Miami, I think it'll look cool on court, though. I just, I don't know, dude. Like, it How just... Have you heard, like, the point is that, like, when they're running one way, the team will look like it's wearing pink, and then when they're running the opposite direction down the corner, okay. they're wearing blue. That's pretty cool. That's a cool idea. Yeah. But I don't know. I'm, I'm just getting a little tired of the pink and blue thing, I guess. Yeah. Like, I just remember the D-Wade jersey that was, like, the blue with the pink, that the Vice, the Miami, Miami Vice jersey. That was yeah. so cool. But Yeah. It was – and it was – yeah, it was cool. when they. But, like, listen to this. The Heat have made five times more revenue – off their Vice City jerseys than they okay. have off of all their championships combined. So okay, okay, like okay. it's they they can't really. I mean, it's a cash cow. They're not gonna stop milking yeah. it. I feel like. Um, mm, baby, a triple. I don't really understand the Denver jersey. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Wait, what does it say? Okay, the Red Rock themed. Oh, uh, okay. I don't know. This looks like. You just is this a previous Denver jersey that they just made red or is it, have they used this design before? No, it's just it was just like the continuation of their skyline, but they made it red. Okay. And then um, the last one I kind of didn't like 
was like Milwaukee. I didn't really remember Blue for him. Same. Well, why is Houston blue also? Yeah, I think Houston is like because astronauts used to wear blue uniforms and like Houston's the space city, but I mean, still still a bit of a reach. Yeah, it seems like to be becoming some kind of weird cliche where you just have a blue jersey. Yeah. And then I think the uh, Bucks are like to honor Giannis because it's kind of like inspired by the beaches of Greece. Oh, that's a cool idea, but yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like that'll look weird. I think yeah. the whole green thing in the Milwaukee's cool. I just think they should like you don't really see other green jerseys, you know? Yeah, I honestly think the Milwaukee, the blue ones look really cool, but yeah, it doesn't remind me of the Bucks. Yeah. All right, should we call it a wrap tonight, you guys? We've been on here for quite some time. Hey, guess All what? Right. What? Eight days. Yes, sir. Dude, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be in Sacramento, I realize. But um when behind enemy lines. That's who the yeah. were playing in eight days. Yeah, I know. And I was like, well, I'm not gonna be able to watch it, but it'll be on the freaking local channel there. Yeah. Hopefully my grandparents have freaking cable, but and also guys, I just want they you don't to just go to a bar or a restaurant. COVID's not that bad. Yeah. <laughs> Can you guys do something for me? Yes, anything. Say a little prayer tonight for my boy Daniel Jones, just because I need him to play this Sunday against the Seahawks. So, like, everyone that's a Seahawk fan here can just, like, shut up. I'm a Seahawk fan, baby. Yeah, well, Seahawks for life. I I might not be able to make it to the NFL on tomorrow because we're getting our Christmas tree tomorrow. So. Hey! hey, that's what's up. That's okay. Yeah, but ours is all decorated. We have a fake one. We put it up, like... Same, we like, got a fake one. As that's, what's it, good, that's what's good about fake ones is you can get gone right away. You don't exactly. have to worry about it. it but done. yes, have Daniel Jones in your thoughts. Pray for his hamstring. Hopefully it heals up by Sunday. I'm going to pray for the Seahawks. <laughs> Daniel Jones is already always in my thoughts anyway. So <laughs> yes. Not be much go. of a change for me. Let's go. Thank you, Jonah, for doing this. This was awesome. Thank you, Channon, for joining us. Yes, giving sir. Jonah someone to actually converse with during this. Segment. Yeah, this yeah this was a fun one. And Shannon, just let us know like wh- what day works best for you. Okay, we, cool. We can do it anytime. Besides, cool. besides tomorrow, I think, because that'll be the NFL. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Um, is there a day that doesn't work for you. Uh. Kel, is everything the same to you? Oh yeah yeah yeah. I thought okay. you never mind. Sorry. I yeah, think good. probably. Um, it honestly doesn't matter that much. Probably like. Um, Sunday. Yeah, on it, it doesn't matter. Yeah, Sunday. you have coming out sometime. No, I'm gonna. I'm kind of like adjusting my approach. I'm gonna. I'm like making some different stuff right now. I'm gonna go a little more melodic for a little bit. I've been kind of rapping for a little bit, but I'm like gonna, you're gonna start singing. Yeah, more singing, like I was, mm, like Thor yes. and Bruma stuff. I like what's that. what's harder? What's easier? Yeah, that's the thing. Is I I think rapping's easier. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I was just getting kind of lazy, so. I'm excited. I feel like, I feel like, yeah. I, feel like I haven't heard a song where you're like legit singing in a while. Yeah. Well, yeah, I really haven't been since like Thornhill Broom, honestly. So. That's sweet, dude. Wow. Yes, sir. You already have stuff like written. Yeah, I've been messing with some stuff. Yeah, Ooh. I got some, I got some cool stuff. Probably oh. we'll release it like the beginning of 2021. That's awesome. Congratulations! Oh, and congratulations! Right, all your your audience growing. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, it's the usage of ads. 
Yes, sir. Yes, sir, dude. Bro, I think me and my friends were going to do like cameo and get like Nick Mullins to do a thing. And then we'll like post that as our ad. Do it and just target freaking his fans. Because there's like cheap. Yeah, because there's like cheap cameos that like 49ers and like Warriors and Giants players. Yeah, dude, that's a freaking finesse. <laughs> yeah, dude, but I've just been, my followers still go up, bro. I got like a little ad running, bro. I'm at 770 followers now, baby. That's freaking awesome, dude. It's lit. You got to do it. Take advantage of it while you still can. Who knows if it'll stay the same. Colin, how many followers do we have on Instagram? Um, Three, like, almost 390. I don't know. What's our Damn. Average amount of, like, listens per podcast? Huh? What's our, like, average amount of downloads per podcast? Play, so it'll probably, it's not, it's probably, like, 15. Okay. Um. What do you, Is what's the, like, um... But a lot so of people you, watch on YouTube too. Do you have to go through a distributor for uploading podcasts? Yeah, it's called like Podbean. Do, do you so you um you get royalties for streams and stuff or like downloads? Yeah, I think the biggest part is that like at, once we get big enough and we can put like ad revenue, oh, okay, okay, like okay. ads and stuff at the beginning. Or like I was just wondering how similar it is to like song, like how much you get per song, yeah. streams and stuff. For podcasts, it takes a while. That's why we just have to keep staying on it yeah it's dope though because you can just freaking crank out content you know yeah for sure it's fun but it's always good to have because like jonah covers the nba side and then i'm obsessed with ufc and like football yeah. so we cover a pretty broad range of stuff college yeah. sports we don't really talk about that much though but That's college cool. is a freaking mess right now anyway so it doesn't really matter but yes sir yeah. Okay. All right, my brothers. All right. Bye-bye, guys. My brothers. Yeah. I'm going to see you on the other side. <laughs> Bye. Good night.